car train. Guys, you probably know the real big cat as Tiger Woods, but there's a guy whose nickname was Big Cat way before Tiger, and we got him. Uh, we got Aaron Fleener, PGA Tour caddy. Uh, he's a really funny guy, good buddies with Keith Mitchell, who we had on before. A couple things to note before we dive into um, the interview with me and Serm. Uh, Aaron actually was caddying for Steven Yeager uh, at the time of this interview. We recorded a couple months ago, and we're just able to post it this weekend. So um, he's now the caddy of JT Poston, so just make that note in your mind. Uh, a lot of what we talk about is obviously with Steven, but this was a super funny really great interview. Um, we asked Aaron to basically talk soft the ledge as if he was talking to his player to choose a different club, why he's actually the real big cat. Uh, it was some funny stories. He was actually in the group with Steph Curry on the web.com a year ago. Uh, hear what three balling means when you split hotel rooms with caddies, why Michael Greller's the perfect caddy for Jordan Spieth, and uh, a little tell all about gambling games on tour. So buckle up. Get ready for a funny one, and enjoy. All right, and we're back, and we've got, you know what Keith Mitchell told us, arguably the funniest caddy on the PGA Tour and the real big cat. We'll get into that a bit later. Aaron Fleener, what's going on, my man? Hey, guys. Uh, that sounds like a lot to live up to. I'm, I'm afraid Keith put the pressure on with that statement, so I'll, I'll do what I can. Uh, thanks That's for having me. You're used to keeping players cool under pressure it's gonna be no problem you're gonna do great as i know you know from listening to um our interview with keith we always like to start off start our guests off with something fun you know ease you into it i know you got a, a margarita sure. there we got a couple beers so we're just gonna ease you into it um a little warm up at the range here so we know as a caddy sometimes you got to convince your player to not do something stupid you know so we wanted to give you that yeah. chance you're our caddy okay we're gonna play a little role play here Here's your chance to make a step off the ball. Okay, here's the situation. It's number 13. You know, we just came off the Masters, so we're going to do a little cliche. Number 13, we're in the pine straw, and we're far back. Okay, we normally hit, we favor a draw, but we hit a little squirrely high spinner, went to the right, and uh, we need yeah. to hit a high cut three wood through the trees, similar to the gap that you see in the Legend of Bagger Vance. We demand the three wood. We're one off the lead. What do you say? Is the ball's above your feet too, right? The ball's the above our feet. Draw? What's the wind doing? The wind is right to left. Hard right to left. Hard right to left. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you're not getting the three wood. Um, what do you oh, say to us? But I don't say it like that. <laughs> what, what you got to do as a caddy is you have to make it their idea to not hit the three wood. Oh. So, you, I I like to say if it's a shot he's wanting to play that I don't think we need to play, I will ask him what is the best case scenario for this shot. You know what what what's the best case? And he'll say, oh I'm, I'm gonna hit it, cut it around these trees and hit it up there to three feet and make eagle. And I'm gonna say, well how many times out of ten are you gonna do that? And if he says you know two. Then he might think, well, maybe I shouldn't hit this shot. Or went off the lead. Hey, let's just uh, chip it up there and then uh, wedge it on and you know make the make the putt. You know we're still going to make birdie if you lay up. You got to you got to build it up like that, like all positive. Like, look, we're going to lay up. It's going to be easy birdie. 
you know, mm. we don't have to take on this risk. Just some po- positive reinforcement sports psychologist. Yeah. Aaron, what if I tell yeah, you I'm going to make Eagles seven out of ten times? <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, that's when it gets tough. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I guess I would just have to snap the three wood over my knee. I'm not really sure. Oh, ten cups. Give style. it to a okay. little kid in the crowd. Be like, hey, you look like you need a three wood, kid. <laughs> so, Aaron, tell it. We got to hear. Tell us about the real big cat. Okay, does it have something to do about the calves? Because every caddy basically has the biggest calves except for Phil Mickelson out there. Well, that doesn't have anything to do with the, the calves. It's, <laughs> so I, my first year ever caddying full-time was 2015 uh, on the Latin American Tour. And so I went down there with a buddy of mine, Kent Bull. He plays on the web tour right now. And I'm like one of the only American caddies. So I like hang out with Keith and uh, a guy named Harry Higgs just start calling me big cat like for no reason they just start calling me big cat so i get called everything but my name big cat just kind of caught on and now it's like embroidered on my yardage book i mean do we need to go up to tiger and make it clear well i was really close to him on the range at at valspar and i almost said something like hey man like you know i kind of took over your nickname while you were gone so like you're gonna have to go with something else (laughs) Anything Keith comes up with, like, he will just beat it into the ground until it's a thing. So it's like, you just got to embrace it. Or, you know, if he knows it bothers you, then it's really over for you. So you just just let him go with whatever he wants to. But yeah, no, Aaron, we uh, we certainly want to get into your career a little bit. Um, obviously, you know, you're currently caddying for Steven Yeager on the PGA Tour. But hey, you caddy on the Lad American Tour. Uh, you're on the web.com. And there's some actual incredible footage of you in 2017 at the rust oleum championship in ohio a tournament you guys won um I this might come up. Yeah. <laughs> the question is did you did steven win the tournament or did you win it because we you know you drinking out of the uh, jug uh he definitely won it on the golf course now after <laughs> after the tournament was over i i might have won uh won there in the parking lot for a little while wow um yeah i uh I had to get out in front of that one with my mom too. Like I just went ahead and sent it to her that night. I was like, look, this might pop up a couple of places. Like <laughs> just wanted you to know, you know, that we're, we were safe. Like we didn't do anything dumb, but there's a video of me sucking <laughs> beer out of the trophy. So <laughs> it looked like a nice, uh, rich lager you were drinking there. It might've been a mixture of a couple of different. Oh dear. Uh, beers, so, <laughs> hey, yeah. when you win, you win. We also, we were also reading you, uh, you guys were in Steph Curry's group on the web.com tour. Is that, that's correct, right? Yeah. Yeah. Out at, uh, um, Stonebury last year, Jaeger at that point was like second on the money first or second on the money list, I think. And so they gave the top two guys the option to play with him. And of course he was like, yeah, I'd love to. It was awesome, man. It was, uh, felt like a, you know, a big atmosphere. Um, he, ha- there was a lot of people out there that probably never been to a golf course before, uh, just to, Steph up close because I mean at a golf tournament you can get so close to those guys that a lot of those people you know whether they can't get tickets to the basketball games or, or whatever I mean, you can just feel like you get a little more access to them I guess and it was fun I mean he was he's a great guy very talkative awesome guy to play with and a very good player I mean I was surprised you know sure. people he's... see 74 74 he missed the cut and they're like oh of course he missed the cut yeah but 74 74 is pretty dang good yeah, he's got, um, he's got a great looking swing, but I think his demeanor is pretty good out there, too. Did he feel he like one of the guys out there or was it obvious 
that he wasn't. He was great, man. He he really um, took in the whole experience and you know went and hit balls after his round like like the pros do. He's like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. So uh, <laughs> he was cool. And actually, since we're talking about him, um, they're in town tomorrow night here in San Antonio. Jaeger texted him on like Sunday and asked him if he could get us some tickets, and he left us like six tickets for the game tomorrow night. So wow, that's awesome. Uh, I think a lot of listeners and golf fans in general are intrigued about this. And I think there's been some talk about it. Like I've heard LaCava talk about how obviously working for Tiger Woods, you get like a base pay, right? And and payment structure, uh-huh. I think overall is understood that, you know, you get 10% of your players' winnings. What is, is, is that still the case where it's mostly just 10% winnings only? You miss the cut, you don't get paid. Uh, do a lot of guys have a base? Are there bonuses? If you if you win, can you walk us through how that works for most of the guys out there? Yeah, so I mean, I can speak for myself for sure. So we, I get a base every week, you know, no matter what happens, you know, and that just kind of that takes care of your expenses, um, flights, hotel, whatever, generally. And then if he makes the cut, uh, I get seven percent of the winnings. Uh, of a made cut. Now, if he wins the tournament, get 10% of that. So 10% of a win, 7% of everything else, plus a, you know, base salary every week. Got it. And then so, how, how do you guys, cause we actually talked to Langley about this and he had a lot of interesting stuff to say. Cause we were, we ran the numbers and I think, uh, Justin Hadley was the, the money leader last year. And I think he made like, I don't know, let's say 350 grand. So that means, on a standard caddy payment structure, he probably made thirty-five grand, right? And that's the money leader. So, like, how do you caddy. guys? How do you guys survive out there? Yeah, I mean, it on the web tour, man. It is some of those guys have it pretty rough. I mean, my guy won three times in ten months, and so I did. I came out fine, but like some of the guys, like, are just out there, just like pinching pennies bad like you have to do that to you know work your way up i mean unless you just you're the brother of some tremendous athlete or best friend and he decides he wants to take you out like you know you gotta earn your stripes i guess so to speak even if i had a somebody like that and i had a pga tour bag like when i first started caddying like i would have been lost and i would have you know there's no way they could have kept me because i I didn't know what was going on. I, mean, right. I played golf in college, so I mean, I know how to play golf, but it, caddying is totally different. Uh, you know, things you can say and things you shouldn't say and things you should be looking for in practice rounds that they're not paying attention to. I'm thankful for those three years I had before I got out here this year because I feel a lot more comfortable and prepared. Yeah, I'd imagine there's a lot of hotel room splitting. I mean, I would I would assume the big cat is Big Spoon kind of guy back in the day when you're splitting hotels. Uh, whenever I can, I'll stay by myself, but yes, we, there is, there's a lot of hotel splitting and part of that is just the camaraderie. Like it's fun to stay with, you know, one of your buddies, uh, from time to time, or sometimes we'll get like in, uh, La Quinta this year for career builder, we had like seven or eight caddies in a house that we rented, you know, that's fun. Like I wouldn't want to do that every week, but it's fun to do that a couple of times a year. Uh, you know, just to catch up with everybody and just have some fun. 
the web tour, we weren't making enough money out there to stay by ourselves. So you're always staying with, with somebody. Some guys even stay, they call it three balling. Stay three oh, guys in a whoa. <laughs> three guys in a room. Yeah. Big spoon city. Whoever draws the short straw sleeps on the twin air mattress on the floor. So Aaron, we see, I think in the last six months, three of the biggest names in the game, Rory, Jason, Phil, they're all going to either their, their family or a longtime buddy on the bag. Number one, do we need to set the record straight where caddies – it seems like they're treating caddies like riders where everybody thinks they can do it. Uh, first of all, why do you think more top guys are going with long-term buddies instead of veteran loopers? And then is it harder than it seems? Because you guys got to keep track of a lot of stuff out there. Yeah, uh, like I said earlier, it just depends on the guy. Like, what do they need from their caddy? Like, I mean, if somebody to ask three or four questions before every shot, then yeah, they're going to need somebody that's been out there, seen all these courses and, you know, knows what they're talking about. But if, you know, if it's a guy that like Rory, he's hitting it at the flag, no matter what. So he doesn't need to know all the extra stuff. He needs a yardage and grab his club and he's going. I don't want to say that we don't affect the outcome, but if your player doesn't play good, then it doesn't matter what you do. I, I think our value is more apparent when your guy is in contention and, you know, the, the nerves are amped up a little bit. They're, the pressure's a little bit. Like, you have to try to stay the same as you always are, whether it's, you know, the first nine on Thursday. Look at Greller with Spieth on 13. Tell him to go hybrid instead yeah. of four. Greller's great. You know, he is that same dude off the course, on the course, so calm, collected. He's great for Jordan because as great as Jordan is, he can get he, – he's excitable, you know. Our jobs don't change no matter what's going on. We have the same job on every shot. Get the number, you know, know the wind, and give them all that information. If they're unsure about something, try to reassure them. All right, Aaron, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change gears here for a second. Gambling okay. on tour. Practice rounds – for the round we want to hear all about it web.com versus pj tour are there differences best game best stories you have with some money on the line does the caddy ever get a piece of it i want to i want to hear all about it man well as you know gambling's illegal <laughs> um, <laughs> full the full disclosure uh, so kent the the guy i caddied for first he is like a tuesday legend on the web.com tour I don't think he's ever lost a Tuesday game in like three years. So he makes like seven or eight birdies every practice round. Like guys don't even want to play him. You can't play you can't play money games with Keith because Keith doesn't care. Like he doesn't even pay attention. Has no idea what the game is at any time. Jaeger doesn't like to gamble with him because even if you beat him, like it doesn't bother him. He'll just hand give you the money and like it's not like a big deal. He's not like mad about it. Like what do you hear most of the guys year, are doing? Is it just like a like a best ball max? Are they doing dots and points? They, or? They're not usually doing any anything where they have to grind out like their pars. They'll play like birdie games. Got it. So they're not trying to make like four footers for par on Tuesday. Not par train guys. Right. It's <laughs> tough to hear. Okay. No. So, you know, some sort of team low ball game. Colt Nose could probably tell you some stories. Oh. He, uh, Maybe that's your answer at the end. Uh, it could be. You know, he is uh, – <laughs> He is a funny guy. He's like the mayor out here. Like it, it takes him thirty minutes to get to his spot. He's not scared to throw a little bit of money. In. All right, so I'm always curious 
And who knows? Maybe your answer is going to be it depends on the guy. And that's fair if it is. But I'm curious of how caddies even differentiate themselves. Right? Like, I just heard an interview with Joe LaCava about his 21 years with, with Freddie. And obviously, if you have 21 years with Fred Couples, it's easy for Dustin Johnson to come over and say, hey, do you want a caddy for me? Right? But not everyone sure. has 21 years with a guy like Fred Couples. So right. if someone's looking for a change caddy-wise on the PGA Tour, how and why would they hear about you? Like, what sets guys apart? Let's say, let's say a player buddy of mine is like, "Hey, I'm I'm, gonna, I'm looking to make a caddy switch. Do you know anybody that's looking for a bag, or you know, do you have any suggestions who I should hire?" If a caddy has a relationship with a player that he knows is open and he wants to feeling like making a change he might go to that guy and be like hey I, I heard you're looking you know what do you think i think agents are involved some it happens a lot of different ways networking is extremely important having people know you and and like you and know that you'll do a good job a lot of people can get out there and add the numbers up and stuff but can you stay calm under pressure or can you get along with with your guy for six or seven hours a day like comes down to comes down to that too so uh, and then ultimately it's the player's decision but you know he's got a lot of people helping him make that decision most of the time you're obviously around some of the best players in the world and i think it's always good for the listeners to hear um when we had um oliver horvitz caddy that's been at st andrews for a while he he caddies for guys on the european tour for the dunhill and he told us that he noticed all the top players in the world just move really slow they do everything slow uh is there Uh anything that you've noticed that an amateur could take with them to improve their game uh just more beers probably (laughs) Um, cold beer cold beer yeah you know for guys that are 15 i don't know how much they can be held but like good you know guys that are tens and below they're you know, they care about what they're shooting. They're not just out there to just to get out of the house or get out of the office or whatever. I mean, just have some sort of routine. It doesn't matter what it is. The biggest thing with amateurs is they, they try to hit shots that they can't hit. So it's like they go for like a tucked pin when they're zero times out of 10, they're going to hit it close to like a front left pin tucked over water. Just hit it to the middle of the green and two putt to make your par so par train uh i think i think amateurs probably go for stuff they shouldn't and then they get done and like oh crap i shot 82 today it's like well yeah you hit seven shots that you shouldn't have attended yeah that's kind of similar to what we heard from uh from langley langley learned something from kukur where basically kukur starts every round to the middle of the green on the first four holes of every round. And he uses it as like a way to warm up and see where his misses are. And he tries to actually make pars on the first four to like create momentum wow. for him. Yeah. So I hadn't heard that, man. I mean, that, it's something to be said for making it as least stressful as possible. Yeah. I mean, if you can get out there and like get in the rhythm of the round, you know, had some quality shot under with no stress, you know, and you know, if you have four looks at birdie from, 25 feet and in on the first four holes like you 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 probably make one of them I, I think that's definitely that something even pros can could learn from you know i think some of these guys yeah they're mega talented you go for too much stuff then you're putting a lot of pressure on you know your short game and your 
you know, your eight foot putting and stuff like that. So Aaron, we got one or two more for you. I don't really need to pat ourselves on the back, but you know, we suggested walk up music and golf a month before the Zurich announced it. You're welcome. Yeah. And, uh, uh-huh. so we need to ask you, what do you think grows the game more walk up songs or mic'd up caddies? I think walk up songs is, is cool. I mean, I think just like music in general, on the golf course is cool. Like Tuesday in our practice round, I took a Bluetooth speaker out there that clipped onto Jaeger's bag and we played music like the whole round. Sure. Um, yeah. Of course, Keith was with us. So I had to give him my phone and let him do it because he doesn't oh, like anybody yeah. else's music. Wow. <laughs> but, oh, wow. Uh, I have Aaron's on board growing the game. Guys on board. Uh, now, mic'd up caddies. I don't know. I don't know about Mike that caddy. Oh, he doesn't like it. Well, well we're, we're talking you know, to the source right here, Ed. player and caddy sometimes is, could be sensitive or... What if, if you it, know... If it was censored. You only... You know the round you're going to be mic'd up. It's probably once mm-hmm. every couple months, if not less. And yeah. you have the ability to review it before it goes out. So it's, it's, edited, it's edited material released after the fact. It's not going to be live. Yeah. I mean, I think people really would like it just to hear like the like the real player caddy conversations, like about shots and stuff. Yeah, I think would be awesome. I mean, some of the between shot stuff is like boring or inside jokes that nobody would even understand, so it would be stupid. But I thought the best part of the Masters was that CBS didn't even show live uh, was the Greller and Spieth conversation on thirteen. Uh, where uh, unbelievable Mike, where Michael obviously wants him to hit the hybrid the whole time but like I said earlier he basically let it be Jordan's idea to switch the club I don't know that he would have ended up letting him hit four if Jordan would have kept four in his hand the whole time but he he painted it to him as I think the hybrid gives us gives you more room all right and we're gonna yeah. get you out of here on this we talked about it off air Who's the next guy we got to have on? Are you getting us Michael Greller? Are we getting Michael Greller on next? Or who, who, who wow. are you getting us? I, I haven't gotten Mike digits yet. I, I know Mike. Mike and I say hello to each other. We, we talk when we see each other. I don't I don't have that number in my phone yet. Uh, if you could get Colt, he would be super entertaining. I think Colt it would be your number one. Okay. Uh, Greller stays so even kill. He's like maybe might fall asleep during the middle of an interview. I don't know. Sweet. Oh. Need to get uh, if you can get Kip Henley. Kip, do you guys follow him on Twitter? I don't think do we have. I don't know if we do. Oh, you know what? We do. He's a, he's a pretty, Actually, someone reached out to us and said we need to get Kip Henley on. He's a good follow, and he's a great dude, and he's been he's been great to me. Like, you know, my first year, I know I knew some people. Uh, obviously, I knew all the other guys that came off the web. Um, but you know, sometimes that's a hard transition for first year guys caddies out here because we don't we don't know the older guys you know we're you know tentative to ask them questions uh but kip and his brother brent the caddies for uh robert garrigus they've been they've been great i ask them tons of questions even if it's just about like where do we stay in this city or you know stuff like that he'd be a good guy to have on he's got so much personality it's ridiculous we want to see yeah. you drinking out of a trophy again real soon. Good luck the rest of the year. Take care. Appreciate it. I'll take care.